Writing is a journey, and when you embark on that journey, you are responsible for discovering and developing as a writer in ways that are relevant and gratifying to you rather than to someone else's idea of success. I'm Kevin Gallagher, and this is Walking with Writers. That is the trick to life, though. If you're like in the middle of a dumpster fire, bring gasoline. Like that's, it's just, it's when it gets worse, then it gets better. Come take a walk with us as we go down Aaron Stegeman's writing path. Welcome to this week's edition of Walking with Writers. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to writers uh, and about their writing journey sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it's other things. Um, I'm really, really excited for this week's episode. Um, Today's guest is a guest that I've been trying to get booked as a guest on any of my podcasts for years for years now i want to say maybe we had chatted for that's entertainment when when that was its own podcast uh god almost 10 years ago maybe um and we had a kind of interview slash transition episode with uh what was called oh it the unofficial once upon a time podcast uh that eventually turned into once upon a wine um, that was a podcast that Mike and I had started, um, and we passed that off to uh, who we've dubbed Team West Coast, even though they're not on the West Coast anymore. Um, Aaron Stegman, uh, Ace Marrero, uh, and their crew took over hosting duties of that podcast. And that was the last time I believe I actually sat down and interviewed uh, Aaron. Uh, I have spoken with Ace on the podcast before. Um, uh, or since then, I should say for everything is awesome. Uh, and I've always tried to book Aaron Stegman for, uh, uh, an interview on everything is awesome. And finally, I don't know what happened. Um, I, we, you know, we've always gone back and forth with like, oh, let's like get on the, like, yeah, let's book it. Let's book it. Let's book it. And, um, I don't know. Somehow once I started this show walking with writers, I, I got her to come on. Um, and, uh, in turn, uh, it, it kind of is a mixture of what everything is awesome was and the the less serious parts of, uh, walking with writers. It's, it's a bit of a mixture of those two shows. Um, I'm about to sit down and edit it. I'm really, really excited to, to do so, um, and relive the conversation I had with Aaron, uh, and there are, I remember there are parts, especially, especially as we get to the end of the interview that I realized, oh man, uh, I wish we had more time so I, we could get more into this. And, um, Aaron is absolutely someone who I, I hope comes back. Uh, I had a wonderful conversation with her that you're about to listen to. Um, right now she is getting ready to prep. They just wrapped a few weeks ago, uh, their pop-up, um, movie buster save the video store show in Atlanta. Uh, and they are actually at a new location in Atlanta, uh, getting ready to, um, set up for a Halloween type special, uh, for save the video store, which was, we we talk about it in this episode. I'm not going to spoil anything. So, um, with all that out of the way, let's just get to this week's episode. Shall we right here on walking with writers. So eventually, yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, I guess 2016 was the last time I physically saw you somewhere. Yeah. Uh, 20- New York Comic Con. 
That's right. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the only time. I think that's see. the only time you and I, and actually I don't think I've ever, Ace and I have talked on the phone a few times. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't there. Yeah. 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 Uh, I will never, when I think of, when I think of you and, and Ace, I just, uh, and hashtags in general, I always think of <laughs> that situation. Oh my God. So I was thinking about that legitimately today. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because like, I, I've been way more into fandom now than I was yeah. back when, oh, it was first a thing. And I always thought it was so ridiculous, like how people were in the fandom. <laughs> like I, it was a joke <laughs> that people really didn't like. And now <laughs> like I see it in like, cause I'm way more into Star Wars now than I was six years ago in 2016 or even in 2014 or whenever the hell oh it started it's been too long and uh so like seeing how that's like so toxic now I'm like oh my god it's just always toxic everywhere yeah I'll never forget my favorite line I just remember you doing like a video on Twitter or something and you said I learned about hashtags today (laughs) I'll never, the way you said it, it was just so great. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't remember that, but it's, I, I am the, like the old man IT person that like hates social media. I hate the internet, but it's like my livelihood. It's how, well, not think my you're in podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I literally have stopped like since, uh, I guess my last recording prior to doing this show was like 2019. Uh, mm. But, you know, we were dealing with a dumpster fire uh, you know, politically and then COVID happens. And, you know, I, I was still like dealing with my losing my uncle and, and my dad being diagnosed with cancer. So I was dealing with like so much mentally for my personal life and outside. I was like, I'm just going to shut it down, shut it down. And then I waited until I had a a one-year-old in addition to the other two to say, let's, you know what? I got four podcasts. Let's do it. This, you know, I, it is, it is weirdly, that is the trick to life though. If you're like in the middle of a dumpster fire, bring gasoline. Like that's, it's just, it, it's when it gets worse, then it gets better. I can't explain right. it, but yeah. that is, yeah. I well, had, when we were doing Shame of Thrones, we had, um, I had my like four year, four month old son and it was like, we were a week from opening and it was nuts. Everything was nuts. And it, I was home because I had a migraine and no sleep. And then I get a call from my producer saying, Aaron, can you come in and direct the show uh, before we go up in like five days? Because <laughs> there was a situation with the director. So they had to replace it. And I was like, I mentally, I had, a, am like, I can't physically function right now, but I don't know what it was. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I was fine. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I've realized again, thinking about just interviews and, and, and writing in general, really uh, over the last couple of days, I was I, like, I fancy myself a writer, but like, I, I have so many projects that are just sitting to do books, screenplays uh, and, and all my writing is done like for stupid Marvel and star Wars bullshit. Uh, but it pays me. And the other stuff yeah. doesn't. So like, that's awesome. So, so that's why I put the priority there, but it's uh, and I, I really was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I guess I'm more of like 
I'm trying to chase the high uh, that I had when I was a wrestler, like mm. and putting on a show, a performer. That's what I think I am because I love doing comic cons and and panels, yeah. and like have been really teasing the idea of like, all right, 38. Well, I'll be 38 in July. I could probably start a, a, an open mic. I could probably go to an open mic and be a comedian now. Yeah. Um, and uh, so like, that's where I think I thrive is in that performance mode and trying to tell a story that way versus actually writing because I'm awful at it. <laughs> like I'm a good writer. <laughs> I'm just awful at the actual act of sitting down and saying, let me write. And that all started like, and I'm sure same with you, your productivity went down when you had kids. Like it just, as soon as I had a kid, my productivity went down uh and one up in other ways creatively but not in writing yeah see i feel like i have the opposite issue because um there'll be times when i'll submit writing or i did like when i was big a little bit more on on twitter i feel like i would meet people in real life and i'd be wildly disappointing um <laughs> i wasn't as like <laughs> i don't know i i i am quicker to come back with things in like writing form than I am right. like in a conversation and to, I need to get warmed up. I need to like hit the sweet spot and then I'll be in like a flow, but writing, I don't, it, it's a little quicker. So yeah, when people talk to me and I'm not as like, you know, funny. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, see, I, and I am the opposite because like when, so we did uh fan expo Philly was the last con we did. And we did a, we did two panels, one on uh, the multiverse and one on Kevin Smith, uh, simply because he was there that weekend. And I was like, oh, he'll walk into this because why wouldn't he? And he did it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I literally, the walking the floor, the show floor, realizing I wasn't ready to walk a show floor in a post, I, I mean, not even post COVID world, but like, I was just like, oh man, there's a lot of people here and they're not masked. This is awful. Um, but I was like, oh, I should prep. Like I have zero questions ready to go for these, for the, for my panelists and stuff. And I'm that guy. I'm like, last minute, let's, uh, come up with some questions and, uh, you know, let's have fun talking about silly bullshit that no one else cares about, but people at this con. Um, that's a great quality to have. <laughs> I, I, I mean, my wife hates it because in real life, I'm also that way where I'm like, oh, we gotta, we gotta get the house ready for a party on Tuesday, like in three months from now, I, I'll get it a week beforehand. Like I'll, I'll touch up the paint. I'll, I'll do it. Whatever I need to do. I need two days to do it. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Zero improv skills are great for real life. <laughs> right. Right. And like, I don't, I don't think I'm great at improv either. I've been like the dream. And for years I was like, Oh, like a father, like one of the first father's day gifts I said I wanted was get like uh, pay for a class for of improv, like at, at uh, Philly improv theater. And like, of course, having a kid and, and being my wife's a teacher. So I can't do it during the school year really. And then yeah. during the summers when we do everything. So I'm like, where's that one, that one sweet spot where we have six weeks that I can do this. And then I ended up cashing in that token for a wrestling writing class with uh, a guy who is now uh, a piece of shit and, mm. um, and learning nothing because I did it for 
10 years. Like I wrote wrestling for 10 years. So like, I didn't learn anything. So it was, that's the one, like, that's the other thing I was like, I want to do improv because I'm also, despite how I am on social media and podcasts and stuff, like extremely shy, extremely shy. So like the thought of doing an open mic terrifies me, but the thought of doing improv with a friend, all right, I got backup. I can fail with somebody. Yes. (laughs) It's always better to fail in a group setting. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, Um, so that's, that's, that's like where my creative genes are right now. But um, so I also dress like tequila and uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another thing I don't do anymore. Like I don't drink often at all. I have four or five Heinekens left in my fridge that have been with me since we moved in January. We sold our old house in December. We moved into this house in January. They've been with me since the old house since wow. before we like did the work on the old house to sell it. So I don't drink very often either. And it's, it, I'm also in the middle of Weight Watchers. So like, it's, it's wow. all, uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't hit my max. Heaven. <laughs> I, I was, I, I blew up to like 240 again. And I was like, Oh God, Kev, come on. Like, don't hit two six. Like my worst was 260. It's like, you, mm. you're, that's where I was heading. And COVID was part to blame to that and, and whatnot. Oh, so yeah. Uh, and like, if I do like part of the reason I was up at 3am is I have more energy at like two 30 than I do at two forty two forty five. So, uh, weight wise, like, so my energy yeah. levels are up now that I'm, I'm not eating healthier. I'm just eating less really. Um, but so, um, so let's, let's, uh, you know, I guess officially get started, you know, even though we're minutes into this and people are watching or, or listening. Uh, so you, I, what I find fascinating, fascinating, because I was thinking about this today, is you've kind of have lived now in like everywhere in the United States, like the Midwest, yes. right? <laughs> if you listen to the "Welcome to Atlanta" remix, that song with like Snoop and um, Nelly, every city that they mention in there is I've called home. So it's like okay. St. Louis, New York, Los Angeles, and now Atlanta. So the dreams. Yes. So, so you, me, I'm an East coast kid. Like I've been everywhere. I've been to like a lot of places, but I've never lived for more than a weekend or or four days somewhere for work. So like you have the, the Midwest, the West coast and, and the East coast and Southern East coast, like experience. And that's, and I did the Pacific Northwest for a, a few months, um, as well. <laughs> and, and that's like, it's, and I have to imagine each area is, I mean, just my County alone, because it's a big County. In fact, during the election, Bucks County was mentioned so much. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so my, my County, I do, I get a flavor of everything in my County because it's where I'm at is like normal, <laughs> like, and not farmland and not like, you know, bad people. Um, <laughs> and then, but then as I drive, like when I drive to work, I, I go through that area and then mm-hmm. I get to, to Doylestown, which is like the capital of Bucks County. And it's back to like way super liberal and, and whatnot. So like, I, I get, I get the experience to a degree, just like in my daily life, but I, I have to, it's all Philly still. It's all it's, yeah. it's for the most part, all Philly. So it's, what's like the, 
and this is just I, because I used to travel. I love I love talking about it. What's like? How are you liking Atlanta compared to anywhere else you've called home? Oh, um, I like it here. I've been here a year now, and we're just south of Atlanta uh, in a little lake town. So it's very different from anywhere that I've lived because it's truly like small town suburbia. Um, there's lakes. We drive on our golf cart to get to like the grocery. I've store. seen that, and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? I know it's nuts. And when we have people visit, they're like, where do you live? What is this? I've always wanted to live in a small lake town though. Um, so weirdly that came true. Um, but Atlanta is so similar to St. Louis. I think they have just the, the breakdown of the, the people, the architecture, the culture of the city. It's, it's very similar to St. Louis. Um, so, uh, I mean, there's definitely more of a Southern influence here. Um, but I, I, this feels the most like, okay, this is how I grew up. Cause I spent okay. most of my, until I was, you know, 20 in St. Louis. Um, so that's definitely like, that's, that's my stock. <laughs> that's home. Um, uh, but yeah, yes. I, Which and I, I just to like, okay, how do people do business here? Cause it's, <laughs> it's very different. Like we have a, sh- I have a show that's going on right now and just who are our audiences? Like, Totally, totally different from New York and LA. I have to have to assume because now it's way more, you know, of a budget than I ever had with doing like independent shows and stuff. And my, all my shows aren't anything like there's zero budget, really. Like I'm just throwing a mic in front of people and saying, go talk or go do comedy. Uh, we're not doing actual like writing and acting or anything. Um, but I do have to imagine going to Atlanta has to feel like me trying to do it in Bucks County versus Philadelphia, even though it's a 40 minute drive. Like I can't, I can't find anywhere in Bucks County to be like, let's do a live podcast. Whereas Philadelphia, like I can go to every bar, comic book store or whatever. And they, they're open to it. They're way more into the arts down there. Um, so is that like, is that the feeling when you're in Atlanta? Like it's hard to put on like these smaller independent type of shows. Well, it- I yes and no I mean it definitely depends where you're at um like if I were to put on something like very family friendly I would absolutely go like southern Atlanta or where we're at it's just it's full of families and you can I mean it's a gold mine waiting to happen like if (laughs) we we did like a family event back in October and I mean I live in a town of 30,000 people and we had like 4,000 people show up to this event. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Now, if I wanted to put on like some, you know, a- adult cabaret kind of thing, I, you know, that that's going to be a harder sell. I'll probably have a protest line out front. <laughs> <laughs> but if I go into the city, comedy does pretty well. Um, you know, a lot of these like smaller theaters do exist and doing like, um, pretty well. Like I, I, what I've learned about Atlanta is, you know, it's very much like theater patrons are like brewery people. Like th- right. this is people that want to go and like, just have a fun time as opposed to like people who are looking for like the next great, you know, literary work of art. <laughs> right. Right. They're not looking to be moved. They're looking to have a good time. So I'm finding that the content is short, funny, very weird, uh, you know, very creative, um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very, very different audience, just much more of like, we're just here to have a good time. So make us laugh, please. 
and I, this is actually jumping way ahead. Normally I start at the beginning, but, uh, and that like, I, I wasn't aware of what save the video store was really until it opened up. Like the impression I got was that it was going to be something along the lines of what you've done in the past with, with Owen and game of Thrones, right. Where it was a show, but correct me if I'm wrong. It's literally like going to an escape room. Yeah. It's a hybrid. So it's, 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 there is a story. There is like a play that's happening and it's very interactive. Um, we're also kind of a pop-up. Like we let people come in, just roam the space, take video. We have a pop-up bar. Uh, but then there are like gaming components that are very much like escape an escape room. And the whole premise is you have to save the video store. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a hybrid of, of all three of those things. It's been very hard to explain. <laughs> to no, but people. It, like, I, I get it. Cause that's, like it's, it's, when when I finally realized what it was through like the various you know Instagram stories and stuff that you and the and the Save the Video Store uh, Instagram have been posting, I was like, oh, this is genius! Like it's it it hits that escape room itch, and and it's a show, and and you know I didn't I didn't realize it was like the the, the pop up uh, aspect. Those I don't those don't happen too often around around here. That's like. It seems like a very New York, LA thing versus anywhere yeah. else. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I was talking to Mike about it and I was like, yo, living in Philly sucks, man. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, it's a hundred percent, it's nineties. It's a hundred percent my back where I like, that's why I love the Captain Marvel movie so much, which is why I, I think I recently read was the inspiration for this. Right. The, yeah. 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 Um, when she that, fell into the blockbuster yeah. i was it, well you know i'm up at like 2 a.m with my newborn and, <laughs> and then she fell through the blockbuster and i just thought like oh that should be a show like <laughs> that should be when you're renting a movie like the movie comes to life yeah um, no. and i love all like the parody uh like posters and stuff that you guys have, Thank like, you. I have a special <laughs> place for for herb world uh, in my heart. Uh, I once owned two copies of, of that VHS because I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I just did. Uh, and I was a, a massive Spice Girls fan as a, oh my God. As a you and Ace are the same person. You, you're wrestling and Spice Girls and it's and it, my, East my, my biggest regret is I used to do a show called happy hour. Uh, I may have even done it when we first connected uh, through, through that's entertainment and stuff, but I did the show happy hour and I actually like rented a studio with, with another uh, producer that, and, and we, I was co-host on his show. He was a producer on my show. So we had this studio space and I had this binder from when I was a kid that was just filled with spice girl stuff. And like, ma- like I'm talking magazines, the gum, the tr- like the, I think there was like, pop rocks uh i i had my the first concert i ever went to with spice girls so i had the ticket i had everything in there and i (laughs) think i left that at that studio and i don't know whatever happened to the binder like that's my (sighs) deepest regret as as someone who openly admits his uh uh nerdiness with with spice girls back in the day i hit it back then who was your spice who which one was baby I knew you'd say <laughs> spice. I, I, a lot of my friends were into ginger for obvious reasons. Um, but I always, I, what to become one is like my favorite 
uh spice girl song and and she's kind of like her uh and posh i believe are like kind of the leads on that like yeah. i know it's everyone but like they're the focal points and and uh so i always gravitated towards baby um you know, this, i think a lot of guys probably did um <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah so but like i said a, a lot of the guys in, that that were Spice Girl fans around here and, and also not gravitated towards Ginger again for the obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, and it's, I still like, I still follow Emma Button on, on social media because I am a genuine fan. I wasn't just a horny teenager. Yeah. I, was, I could be two things, you know. I have I have um, all of her like solo uh, stuff on my, my Spotify playlist. And I was listening to it the other day. I've been listening to a lot of 90s music in general um <laughs> with this show but right yeah, yeah. i mean when I, i'm i'm more of a podcast guy so i don't listen to music often but when i do it's xm9 on 90s like i occasionally if there's something i'm not a big fan of i'll, I'll either go 80s or or 2000s or whatever the hell they call it yeah. um but it's got to be early 2000s i actually went down uh a like nostalgia trip last night i woke up and uh like was googling because 20 i'm hitting my 20 year uh, uh anniversary or reunion or whatever for graduating high school this year and that's uh, what's that <laughs> when you get that letter in the mail isn't that like oh bit- it's no letters <laughs> it's all social media now <laughs> and i don't do facebook because facebook like i know a lot of people hate twitter because you know twitter wants to give you all the bad and not the good but i have my feed like perfect where i people start talking about discourse. I'm like, what are you talking about? What am I missing? I'm missing the good stuff. Facebook is that place for me where like, I mean, I had like fights and continue to have fights with people. uh, And the only reason I have it is for pictures of the kids for family and now occasional market, like business marketing and stuff. But like, it's all like very the opposite on Facebook of what I believe in. And like, I just want to punch people daily on it. So I don't go on Facebook often, but that's where the invites come from for it. And like the person organizing it had a meltdown because not enough people were, were saying they wanted to go. So she had like to cancel. It was like, wow, this is crazy. Let me like Google more stuff about my 20 year reunion. And then I, someone uploaded our prom video and our uh, our graduation video to YouTube three weeks ago. And I was like, all right, I guess I got two hours to watch all this. And so that's what I went on. I went down my 2000s music path last night uh, watching those videos. And oh my God, baby Kev, 18 year old Kev was, he had stuff going on. He was (laughs) anorexic and and really liked highlights in his hair really like oh, gosh so glorious <laughs> it, it's so glorious. watching it especially for whatever reason the 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 prom video was a worse quality I, I don't know why but watching it i was like yo i know like i see vhs tapes from like the 80s and early 90s and i'm like that's clearly old video i was like this is really it looks like it's straight out of the 90s like it's it's amazing how the quality it was back then of, yeah of what we could have but um we're way off topic <laughs> way off the- it's, it's so great. Um, um can we ha- pause for just a second yeah. i'm gonna um i'm gonna i need to just send one quick work text <laughs> real, that's, real quick. that's fine real quick 
I can still talk. I just, you just won't see me or maybe you do. I don't know if you do. No, I just see your, your, your profile picture. My, my pick. Um, let me just send this guy a thing. Okay. I'm back. So I think this is good. That's a good break point to kind of get, get back to the interview <laughs> off that. I, I, I swore to myself that this show would not go off the rails. Like everything is awesome did. And uh, you know what, but we didn't go off the rails about pop culture necessarily. Uh, so, so uh, that's a plus. Um, so you mentioned earlier, like you spent most of your life thus far, I guess, I mean, maybe about half of it now, I don't want to out your age, but, uh, in St. Louis, we're, we're hanging each other. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, uh, uh, so, so what was it like growing up in, in the Midwest? Like St. Louis is the Midwest, right? Am I, is my geography correct? St. Louis is the Midwest. It's like the midiest Midwest. Uh, although I don't know how it, it is West when it's clearly. Right. Like, yeah. I don't, why do they call it? Yeah. But so but we've so got the arch. Like, we're the gateway to the West. So technically we're like the capital of the Midwest. I'm, okay. I'm unofficially. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm boldly declaring that. Um, well, so, and and yeah. that's something that like, I, I know. I mean, we've known each other now for. I was trying to figure this out today. I guess since oh. season one of Once Upon a Time, right? One, two, yeah. Two is when I started doing all the parody videos. Okay, so, so that's that's when it happened. 2012, 2013. Holy crap! The old world. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's funny. I remember having this exact conversation with Ace. He was like one of the first ten guests on Everything Is Awesome back in 2016 and uh i remember then it would be like holy crap we've known each other that long and it's been six years later now yeah uh and That's uh great. uh so yeah so it's i don't know why we need we've known each other a long time i don't know why i bring that up oh what that's why one of the things i i, I love about both like both you and ace are like the love you have for where you come from even though mm. you're, you know, LA or you were LA ish. Uh, and like, cause he was very New York and you were very St. Louis. And yeah. I, I, I love that because even though I've never really left the Philly area, I'm very Philly, very pro Philly. And it's just I, something I find when people like are become transplant transplants elsewhere is they, they become that city. And totally. I'm like, I'm like, nah, you gotta respect your, where you come from. So anyway, so, Absolutely. uh, yeah. I admire that, uh, that you're still very much, very pro St. Louis. Uh, and I guess it had to be a great time for the Rams to move to LA. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been very lucky with my football, uh, because the Rams were in St. Louis and then Kurt Warner moved to the giants, the New York giants. When I moved to New York Now I was like, great, I'm now a giants fan. And that was easy. Cause my husband ACE is, is a huge giants fan being from New Jersey. And um, and then, and then I was an Arizona Cardinals fan for a little bit when he went and played, for them. uh, and then, yeah, I moved to LA and then a few years later, the, the Rams came to LA, although that, that is like very controversial being from St. Uh, Louis and Cronky okay. and all of that. I mean, they still chant like Cronky sucks at any uh, game possible. doesn't even have to be football. There's <laughs> <laughs> blues hockey. You'll, you'll hear that all the time. Um, it's, it's, it wasn't like. I feel I felt a little like guilty going to a Rams game in mm. LA. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. I, 
I see. I don't know how I would feel if, if the Eagles, like if the Eagles left Philadelphia, I don't know what I would do with myself. Cause like, I love baseball. I love uh, hockey, but like football is my jam. And if my Eagles left, I don't know how I'd feel like, I fought like you, I followed my favorite players from to places. Yeah. Like that's why I like the Vikings because, uh, cause Cunningham went there for a brief period of time. And that's why I like, um, the chiefs because Andy Reed went there. Uh, even the Cardinals I have respect for now because Ertz is there now. So like I, that it, it's, I follow my players as long as they're not playing the Eagles, you know, always <laughs> Eagles first, but, um, yeah. it, it's, it, if they left, I don't know if I would be mad at them or, or the organization, or if I would still cheer them on. And, and I pray to God, I never have to find out. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I consider myself a Rams fan. I probably chiefs are in my number one right now. Um, I still root for the giants, even though that's hard. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole East coast, East coast division. <laughs> NFC East is a, a huge dumpster fire. It's, yeah. it is it it generally hurts my heart how bad every team is um and you know it's because and it, we always are that division's always the joke of the nfl uh because it is always like well i guess you can win it with an eight and eight record you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know yeah. we got we got our championship finally so i'm 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 happy now uh, I don't have to be, I don't have to hear other teams like the Cowboys or the Giants say how many rings you got because like, Oh yeah. I was so happy when the Eagles won my, my good friend, Econ, who was part of the once upon a time um, situation. He was our Lumiere. He is a, he is also a big Eagles fan and he got to go to the Super Bowl, And I was just like, so happy for him. <laughs> what, good for my, you. my big regret is not going to the parade. Mm. And I didn't go because I, I would like my uncle had passed uh, in 2016. So we won, I think the year after that. And uh, I didn't go because like, everyone's like, Oh, parking's going to suck. Parking's going to suck. And I was like, yeah, all right. Well, and like fucking, I hate life anyway, so I'm not going to go. And then I found out like parking was easy. And so that's the one regret is I didn't get to go there. Um, But I still, I mean, it was, and like, I admit to crying to the Muppet movie. So, uh, you know, it's not like when we won, like with that last pass that, that Brady threw down the, uh, to the end zone and it was dropped. Like I like broke down and cried, you know, for myself, my, you know, because my uncle wasn't there to see it. It was like yeah. such an emotional night. The kids were up till midnight. Like, honestly, I went, we went right to Dick's and stood. I was like, we're going, we're going to buy the shitty stuff. And I'm going to buy the good stuff on the website tonight. So it was, yeah, it was a great time to be a Philadelphia fan that year. Uh, and, and much uh, like every year, uh, we are uh, disappointed since. <laughs> <laughs> We're still, we still believe. We still believe. It is crazy to me how less than six months later, Eagles fans started bitching. <laughs> because of like moves they were making and i'm like guys we just won the super Bowl. can we be happy for a year one yeah. year yeah um anyway back to st louis god we're yeah. going on well, I mean, it's, but all of this is so the reason i i really love growing up there i mean even if you're not a sports person like really like typical kind of subsects of cultures that you go to like new york or la or whatnot that you're just like they're just like so not into sports whatsoever in St. Louis, you are like, it's just part of the, the culture, especially Cardinals and baseball. And I, 
I didn't realize that's not how people functioned <laughs> outside um, of, of St. Louis uh, until I got outside of St. Louis, right. but they just, it, it, it's such a bonding experience and, you know, the city floods in with tourists during baseball season. And then, you know, it, so you, it, we just designed everything around that. Um, yeah. It's just such a, I don't know. I, I St. Louis is a multi-generational city. There's lots of families that have been there forever. I've seen it really change and grow, especially over the last like 10 years. Um, and like, I'm really proud to be from there. <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of a little bit of an underdog in a way. Um, right. but there's just a lot to that city, like a lot of history. Um, the, the zoo is incredible there. I think it beat San Diego the last couple of years. Uh, and it's free. Um, it's That's an incredible nice. city. I miss it. If there was more entertainment industry things there, I have no doubt like we'd be there. I know Ace loves it too. Like we would be there. Well, and so, so when was it that you realized that, and, and, you know, this is called walking with writers and I think you kind of wear more hats than that, but, um, (laughs) a lot more hats. Uh, but what was it that drew you to the entertainment industry? Uh, I assume as a kid. Um, you know, I, I think I always just loved performing. I, I remember not getting the lead in stone soup in like first grade and being like really upset about it. And so I remember like, I I still remember the costume and wearing like a do rag on my head for whatever reason we did that stone soup. (laughs) I was like a villager and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be like the best fucking villager this first grade class has ever seen. And we have video, but it's probably destroyed now, but I am like full on just like, let me show you that I should have been the lead. <laughs> Showing the scenery from the background. Yes. yes. Um, so I think that was always just kind of in me. Um, I will say theater. And, and this is still like such a, when I think about doing theater and for the communities and all that stuff, like it really was like where I had my friends. Like I love performing and being a part of theater as much as I love the, like going out afterwards and hanging right. with, friends like it was a full experience so that's always been very i don't know that 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 tie into like friendship and community right. there is, is so strong for me yeah i mean that is i feel like that helps foster your love of something because uh, we did the same thing in wrestling like whether we were wrestling in the backyard uh or when we went professional wrestling in front of actual people that paid money like always afterwards we would you know when we were 16 we would go wherever that we were allowed to go uh but once we were older doing it legitimately we would go to the bar afterwards and just kind of hang out and um it, it, it it's that i mean as much as i loved wrestling itself it was the 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 family that we had that we you know, yeah um that we built uh over those those years that really like made me go back and willingly get hit in the head with chairs every week and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, I think that helps foster that, that connection. Now, when did, when did the writing, like, what, what do you fancy yourself? Like, what is, do you fancy yourself more of a performer or, cause you do a lot of writing and directing, like, what is it that you fancy yourself as? Um, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
fun question. Uh, you know, I, I, I do, I think I like the actor creator, like that, that's a good slash for me. Um, you know, and that sometimes means I'll direct and produce if I need to, like, if that's part of the creative process. Um, but I do like coming up with the concept. Um, and I do like performing too. I don't, um, as a business, I don't focus as much on the actor side. I definitely focus more on the content creating side um, of things. But yeah, I mean, how I came into writing initially, um, I, I think I remember I always did it as a kid. I would always write these like little fairy tales. I always liked writing. Um, and then, you know, you get to high school and they just like beat joy out of you. Like <laughs> I used to I used to read all the time, all, all the time. And then I would write all the time. And then like as a bit of a nerd, I got into like every honors class you can get into except English. And I was, I, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and I never got over that. <laughs> so, Clearly. And, I, I mean, it really bothered me that like, I can't read Ethan Frome. I've got to read, you know, Frankenstein. Like it was just such a, like, really, this is, I don't know. And I, I did start getting back into writing towards the tail end of high school. And I got into like the literary magazine and I was like, yeah, F you guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can write poetry like nobody's business. So, <laughs> so it's funny because um, I was like, I hated English. Uh, yeah. And, and like hated the idea of writing. And even though I liked telling stories and, uh, and now like when, when my wife or the kids are doing a writing project, I sit there with the, the writer. I'm like, no, like, can I proofread this? Don't, please don't submit this. And my wife will go, you know, Trey's in now fourth grade by the time, like, sec- like he was writing a story in second grade. And he, she, she's like, it needs to be a second grade writing. I'm like, yeah, but like he should know that there's a comma that goes here. Like, come on, what are we doing? Like, we're not gonna like be. It's just it's funny how into it I am now. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, than I because back then again, I think back then I wanted to be a performer. Now, you know, I think I still want to be a performer. But yeah. um, I got like a we did the SATs and yeah, I don't know what I don't know what was going on because I loved writing and I loved. I was good at, you know, I did well, like test wise, like our, you know, school wise in terms of like English class, but man, when I took like the, the verbal section of the SAT, I like bombed it. (laughs) I was shocked. I'm like, well, maybe it's the reading comprehension. I never was good at that. Mm, Um, Yeah. Yeah. I can get that. Yeah. But like I do and the passion was there. So I'm here. Anybody listening, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't matter. Um, That's what. Thing. like I just stopped reading after that and right. yeah I, I just I rediscovered my love for reading sometime between 2016 and and the pandemic I forget when exactly mm-hmm. but I I think I was there was an issue with people at my day job getting on like doing work at the library so I went to the library to, to like troubleshoot and I was like the library has a lot of books. <laughs> like, like I forgot what a library was until <laughs> that student. moment. And, and so like, I, I try to read, like my goal is always like two books a month. Like, let me try to get 25 books, 24, 25 books a year. in. 
Uh, and I mean, I, I usually, I, I read comic books to help, help with that <laughs> when I'm like in December, I'm like, Oh, I'm like eight books down. Let me read some comic books. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like, I've really discovered my love of reading, uh, over the last like six years. And, um, and, and it's actually one of the reasons why I don't write as much is because I, I'm so busy. Like, Oh, let me read, let me watch all this garbage that's on tv that i like you know i'm in the middle of obi-wan and and stranger things right now so like how am i <laughs> supposed to get my own work done when i'm also working a day job and yeah you can't be expected to do that <laughs> like like why do i have to be a dad all the time you know and it's what's great is like now that the kids are older like well not the baby but I, I i have to father the baby but the other two like they're self-sufficient i don't have to like we're at the point now where like oh i'm gonna run out for an hour with the baby you guys can stay at home and by yourselves. It's, it's nice when they get older, but um, when, how was like the support about being an entertainer as a kid slash, well, I guess more so even like when you were considering it as your career, like was, was that the yeah. support there? Well, cause I, I always, um, I definitely, I went to school more for acting and then kind of fell in love with directing and, and sort of ended up with, doing an acting and directing emphasis. Um, and then the writing career part didn't happen until like 2012 ish, 11, um, really right before we met because I, I was still focused on acting and then, um, to get, I guess, super personal here. I acting was, um, Kind of, um, I didn't enjoy the work of being an actor as much. Like it just, I liked the, you know, taking acting classes and being on set. That was fine. But the like auditioning and the rejection. And then like, you know, back then it was just totally okay to just tell somebody like, you need to lose 20 pounds. And I got that a lot. And that really just like beat me up. Um right. And I was tired of being miserable with it. Um, like, this is, this sucks. Like, and I, I literally like just kind of, I guess if you want to call it praying or what, but I, I it's like, look, if something else is meant for me, that is going to make me feel great <laughs> or help me feel great. Um, I'd rather do that. Right. And, and then the next day, I'm not even kidding you. The next day, my friend called me. Um, and had a writing opportunity for me with LA Weekly. And she's like, you know, it's not really a paid thing, but if you, you want to do it. And that was, I was reviewing web series because web series were really big at the time. And so that's what I did for LA Weekly. And then um, I actually really enjoyed it. And I got to meet a lot of content creators that way. And that's when I started to be like, oh, I think I can do this. I think I can write like a web series. And started slowly getting into like writing horror film shorts because I love horror. Um, and then that ended up being okay. Um, and then slowly, like maybe a year or two later, that's when the once upon a time stuff came up and just wrote the, the web content for that. Um, and that sort of catapulted into everything else, but yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I watch that rock opera probably about once a year still. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a huge fan of it. I, 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 I watched it every year. What's that? It gets dumber and dumber every year, which it, I love. That's like my, my, that, that's my goal. <laughs> it's it. I see. I watched, I, I watched it recently uh, to, to do this and, and I do, I average it probably once a year, but I, 
every time new things pop up that like I didn't realize before, like when uh oh, shit, I forgot. Oh, at the very beginning, when when somebody says something about being uh being up or something, and then Hook Ace says. Me too. And I'm like, wait, what? What? <laughs> like, I not realizing how, like, obviously the Swan Queen stuff near the end is very overtly uh, adult and sexual, but like, didn't realize all the little, like, like quick things that Ace does as Hook that's like <laughs> very, like, sexual i'm like holy shit i never realized it you know it took like my i don't know six i think it's like that's six years old now right something like that that we made it we f- debuted it in 2016 yeah so so just about six years old now and wow. uh so like it's it's six to seven viewings is what took me to see that that stuff amazing there. that um, makes me <laughs> but yeah, it's still like, and I said it six years ago, I think, well, maybe a little after that, because you guys made that what between seasons three and four, four and five? season three and four, I believe. Yeah. Three and four. The movie takes place between season three, a and three B. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. I couldn't have written more niche thing. Like, right. like, but I, again, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to throw this on YouTube uh, and have like my, you know, 800 followers watch this. Uh. <laughs> well, and it, it, the, the, I mean, I love the, the web series too. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Um, it actually is like it. When I talk to Mike, I'm like, listen, we can do that. Like, why aren't we doing like yeah. here's six ideas that are that, that people will watch. And we just like, you know, busy and lazy and stuff. But, um, but the rock opera really like, has a like a special place in my heart as being like something that like I just I I was there with you guys. I mean I wasn't there, yeah. but like virtually I was there with you guys, like championing it and being a big fan of like the idea of it, and then getting to finally see it. Uh, it was like, I, and I stand by this. I guess it was around season five where I was like, that's where I fell out of love with with once yeah. was like season five, and I was like, I because I remember the end of season maybe it was season one of the latter seasons. I was like, the, the rock opera is literally better than this. Like it. And I stand by it. I stand by the rock opera being better than the, the, the last half of once upon a time. Um, <laughs> because I don't know. It's just, I, I felt like they stopped caring at some point, I guess. I don't know. It just, it wasn't, but the rock opera is just, it's still, I still find joy in it. I don't think it gets dumber. I think it gets, <laughs> campier maybe campier yeah, yeah for sure campier um and and but that's i love camp i grew up on camp i, do. Right? I love it so and it's and it is that like it's that's the one thing i remember when i left new york comic-con after uh i think i think you guys were wrapping up uh the podcast but i had to i had to split like i because i had to catch the last train out of new york and uh i was sitting on the train i was like man there's a sequel somewhere here. And yeah. like for six years, I've been like, I've been thinking of sequels. Um, but for sure. Sorry, my phone thought I said, Hey Siri. Um, but that's like, it is, it is. It's what's inspired me as like an indie creator. Your, your once upon a time stuff for sure. And it's, 
clearly worked out for you. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it was, I, I mean, at least from my perspective, I don't want to speak for you. It lo- it's kind of like what helped launch you into a lot of these other projects, right? Yeah, that definitely did that. And then this horror thing I did called Fun Sex Horror, those two projects specifically, like I can trace everything back to right. those. Um, yeah, uh, one, the rock opera got me um, the Game of Thrones uh, show. Um, not for anybody listening, not the actual Game of Thrones <laughs> Shame <laughs> of Thrones. But uh, Shame of Thrones, the parody of it. Um, that got me that. Which... Um, what what's I find funny is that you were able to literally have something called once upon a time, the rock opera. Yeah. But like you got your hand slapped for the game of Thrones. It wasn't it literally called game of Thrones, the parody musical or something. Yes. This is a story. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, HBO even came to see the show and they were like, it's fine. It's fine. You just have to put parody in the title, which we did. Uh, and then when we, when we met, when we went to New York, um, we did an off Broadway run and which was right next to HBO's offices, by the way, um, <laughs> they were like, it's fine. You know, if you guys extend beyond what dates you're saying you're doing, we might need to talk. Well, we did extend and one of my, one of the producer writers on the, the show um, called them <laughs> and was like, Hey, we're extending. Should we change the name? Uh, and of course they're like, yes. So <laughs> we're like, Stephen, why did you do that? Like, why did you do that? It was a big headache uh, because we had, we were in the middle of our run. So we had to change our name, which means we lost all of our, Right. All of our marketing. Now we were, instead of being a G, we were an S. Um, so it was just, I wish we hadn't have done that. Right. Uh, just let them come to us. You know, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. Let them come to us. They weren't, they weren't, we were doing free marketing for them. Right. Um, I am so- very much uh, know that feeling of there. I was doing a show called the, the walking dead zomcast which was a um an after show for for the the walking dead obviously and i had sent chris hardwick was taking the talking dead or maybe maybe even nervous i forget which one he was taking one of the shows on the road and and coming to the track at philly and i was like oh shit i'll email him and be like hey person who works for amc do you want me a, a person who's using the walking dead name and his, his show title to open for you. And then I got a, an email from AMC lawyers telling me to stop, uh, which was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, but that, but it, it actually, like it actually worked out for the better. Cause I, I made a whole to do of it. It has been my, one of my shticks for years is, is, is hating Chris Hardwick. Um, but he sounds like a pretty awful dude anyway. So I think it's justified. Um, and, uh, and like we, even when we changed the name, like at the height of the walking dead, we were, we were getting, we were featured on this. There was a site called stick cam back then. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's where we did all live shows. We were getting like 10,000 views an hour. So like that's it awesome. worked out for me. I didn't make money. No, nobody <laughs> does. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so, so that like kind of brings us up to, to present. We already talked about save where, so 
what, what was the real decision though with with save the video store to make it a, a interactive immersive experience versus just like the other stuff you've done um well i i kind of i always like to have a little like immersive thing like even with the rock opera that being a film um I, when we toured it i i always was like i want the audience to engage with the movie i want to have a pre-show element i want to have a post-show element i want to have you know people shouting stupid things at the screen if they want to come up and sing um I think that's just because I love theater. So I've wanted it right. to be more than a film. Even with Shame of Thrones, there's, there are interactive elements. We have a beat where George R. R. Martin talks to the audience. We have calls and repeats. Um, back, we had a proposal that happened opening night uh, in New York. <laughs> we brought Fun. somebody up to propose. That was honestly one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> That's very cool. Somebody in the audience shouted, is this for real? And the guy proposing shouted, shouted back, yeah, it's fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic. Um, it was amazing. So I always have loved like having that immersive element. Um, uh, and so I knew I wanted to do an immersive show next, like a more full on one. And during the, um, pandemic, I had actually was working on a, uh, a, a Cinderella's ball meets black mirror is how I describe it. And it was a full on like Cinderella's ball experience. Mm -hmm. But then literally the week we were booking our space at Comic-Con uh, pandemic shutdown mm -hmm. hit. So then this idea started to percolate about a nineties video store. Um, I just knew that had to be immersive, you know, like that, that had to be, the audience had to move through the space. Um, they couldn't just sit down and watch. Right. Um, and I think that's where theater is going uh, in a big way. And, um, you know, it's like, we're, I think when we're, we're at home, we're kind of in this, like in our own little bubble in this like digital space. And I think when people like get out and they want to see something, they really want the full on experience Plus, I think an immersive theater experience is more appealing to people that aren't like necessarily theater or musical theater people. I think it's more of like, oh, this is like fun, you know? Right. I'm certainly that person who I, 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 I've grown to appreciate theater and, and musicals a lot more, probably in part to, to the rock opera um like i the fact that i want to go see uh, and i know it's you know it's a movie but the the greatest showman which is you know just a musical and film like the, i want to go see that back when movie pass was a thing uh and uh and like fell in love with it and 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 yeah. i've i have fallen in love like hamilton i mean i think i don't know if, who hates hamilton but yeah i mean i don't like my, my wife and kids like what like they would watch it every day if they could but um, like going to see Hamilton in Philly was such a, such an awesome experience, but you hook me when it's immersive for sure. I mean, and obviously like nineties, a, a blockbuster essentially, uh, you know, you hook me with that. Cause you know, we grew up with blockbuster that's, yeah. you know, and, and it's funny when there's like the old blockbuster by, by my house, whenever we drive by it with my kid, I'm like, it's a pharmacy now. I'm like, Oh man, dude, you don't even know what you're missing when it comes to video stores. Like you're sitting there on your YouTube shorts or whatever the yeah. fuck you watch. And, and like my daughter watches YouTube on the TV or Netflix or whatever. It's like, you guys don't know what it's like to just go to a store and walk and find something new and fall in love with it. 
Um, so it's, it's, there's one mom and pop video store in my mm. area that I should go to and frequent more often. I just don't because again, Disney plus, um, but, uh, yeah, you, you hook me with the immersive and, and a topic that I like about, uh, that I can, I can relate with like, you know, very nineties. Thank um, you. Yeah. It's like an experience about an experience. Yeah. 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 And, and so how many, um, I mean, God, I, I would have to imagine, I guess, I guess we are, at least I might be considered a millennial. I hate that because I'm not like, I, I don't think like a millennial, but like, I, how many young people come through and are like, what the hell is this? Like, do they get it? Yeah. You know, um, they do, they do. Uh, and it, it, our, our place is very social media friendly. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, that's one aspect that I think a lot of like the younger crowd really like is that they come in, they can take like all these videos and photos and, um, and it is so nineties, which is nineties and Y2K, you know, kind of on trend right now as well. And people love dressing up nineties where we're coming. Um, we do, I definitely think our audience is still a lot of like millennials, elder millennials, um, What's been interesting is we get a lot of like solo participants, um, like just people coming in who loved video stores right. uh, <laughs> and just want to come and see it. So, yeah, it's been I, the, I'm still trying to digest like what is the Atlanta audience because um, mm-hmm. it is so broad right now. And we can't even figure out like what our popular showtime is, because one week it'll be like our later night, you know, Friday, Saturday shows. And then for like three weeks straight, it's our Sunday matinee. I mean, I really cannot like figure it out. <laughs> it's very dynamic right now. That would, as that's what I don't like the producing side of putting on shows and stuff. Cause I, I will never think of that. I always go, okay, we're going to do a, a Sunday from 12 to six and have six different shows. Good luck. That's, that's where I go. Like, do you have plans to, to take save the video store outside of Atlanta? I want to. Yeah, we have, there's, there's some parties that have expressed interest in that. So we are in in exploring right now. So that, yeah, I would like that. That was always the plan. Like that's how anybody makes any kind of money too, is you do it once and then you replicate it because now you have all these assets as a company. Like we don't have to start from square one. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, it in like a movie town as well. Like yeah. I'd love to see this and how it plays in Los Angeles. Cause we've, we've had to, we have a trivia component to, to the show. Um, and we're just learning. Okay. Okay. This is <laughs> nobody's seen this movie. <laughs> People <laughs> have seen this movie. Uh, it, yeah. So. Well, I bet just, you that's going to oh, change town to town too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like is, mm-hmm. you know, the type of movies a town watches, I'm sure is yeah. wildly different in Atlanta than it is in LA, New York, Philly and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you have anything percolating that, that, that you can tease? Oh, like a new thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have a couple of things. Um, yeah, I have another immersive show that I'm actually working on. Um, that I'm hoping I could do later this year. Um, that is actually based on a short film I wrote um, that's about uh, cannibal um, princesses. 
So <laughs> wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm there. Great. That's an immersive experience, huh? I mean, that's yeah. clearly a Halloween show. Yes, definitely. Well, but it could go, it could go Valentine's Day as yeah. well. Um so I did this short film called Epilogue, which was about Snow White, Rapunzel, and Cinderella. Uh, oh, I think uh, I remember this. Did- yeah, and they they're having brunch, and then it's kind of discovered that they um, they're eating their princes as as we talk. Um, anyway, I I always when we shot that short film, it, we were on such a we had terrible sound issues because we were shot right next to the airport, and then we had some actor limit limit to availability so we had to shoot it so quickly um so i've always felt like it didn't quite juice the orange um right and i've always wanted to turn it into more of a musical there is a musical number in the short film but i've always wanted to turn it into more of a musical um and have it be like an actual brunch that people come to um that's awesome yeah so that's 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 what i've been talking about um I still really loved my Cinderella's ball experience. It's a much more expensive venture. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure that that one's on the back burner for now, but uh, the, the brunch one, I think I can pull off. Um, that one. Yeah. sounds. I mean, I'm way more interested in that one. That yeah. one sounds uh, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's a much more contained experience. And, right. and I think the brunch component, cause you can do brunch during the day, you can do it at night. Um, I think that is going to be a little more appealing to audiences too. Yeah. I mean, you, when, whenever you can do like a, a dinner in a show or, or food in a show, like it sells me right away. Like, cause Great. even if, <laughs> even if I lose interest in the show or if I'm not interested in the show, like most people love food. I mean, I know I do. Yeah. So. yeah. so that's, 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 uh, I love that idea a lot. And again, I, I live far too far away to go, to go these things. Um, you need to bring them to Philly. I know. Well, I, I definitely want to get stuff back up to New York at least. Um, yeah, I, I'm also working on like a little, um, short little cabaret experience um that i'm hoping to bring back up bring up to new york that's that's sort of like a little collection of some of the music that i've done and then i have i do have some new stuff well including this brunch show but then i also have um i have an opera that i worked on um during the pandemic and then i have a uh (laughs) something that i'm doing for tiktok um that i've been working on with my partner uh peter frintrup that's got definitely it's that nineties, nineties music influence. Like it's that nineties, like alt rock girl band stuff like Veruca salt. Um, that's kind of a big influence on this. Um, so that I hope to do, uh, yeah, do a couple little like preview shows. Um, God, how much do you hate all the new social medias that you have to, in order to be a successful creator, you have to like embrace. I, I hate it. I think I go through a little bit of the like, no, don't, I don't want to change. And then, and then if I like really dive in, I mean, I, I wish, I wish American TikTok was like what um, 
some of the other TikToks are doing from other countries, which is where they push for content that's to sort of like more educate and better the people Mm -hmm. where they put like restricted hours for young people on it. Like that there is no, there's just no feed between like 10 PM and 6 AM. I wish it was more regulated like that. Um, Because I do worry about the mental health of young people on social media so much. I just, I can't imagine. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I cannot talk. I'm so tired today. I'm so <laughs> glad that I did not grow up like that. Right. Um, and I really worry about my kids growing up like that. Uh, I'll tell you. What's that? <laughs> oh, that said, I do like TikTok. I do like that it's kind of broken down um, the like visual component of Instagram. Like that was so, you know, like it's no longer about an aesthetic. It's just about content, which I really appreciate. I also feel like I've learned so much from TikTok. Like I'm gardening now because of TikTok. <laughs> um, I I'm learning about my colors, <laughs> like what colors look good on me. I would have never looked any of this up right, on my right. free time. It's, yeah. I'm also learning about a lot of conspiracies and that, that part of TikTok like really destroys me mentally <laughs> you mentioned like the the restrictions on the feed for tiktok i need that because mm-hmm. when i like i tend to when i write for the sites that i write for i tend to do it after the kids go to bed and 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 everything so that i can just be a dad when i'm supposed to be a dad and then i can be a, a silly dummy uh pop culture nerd when when they're in bed but then i'll go on tiktok and like i don't learn anything on tiktok because i'm not looking at the right things i (laughs) guess like i that's not true (laughs) i like i literally like there's dogs and people talking for dogs which i love it's great i love Mm -hmm. that content not learning anything um there's this uh, guy kyle shealy that i uh follow and he just does silly things so again not learning anything I I just started following this teacher, a Canadian teacher, but again, I'm not learning anything because he's just doing fun things. So I'm not, and I'm not a teacher, so I'm not learning anything except to laugh, I guess. So I need to, I guess, explore my TikTok options a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, um, I, going back to what you said about uh, mental health, like uh, totally, I, that is my biggest fear for my own kids. Cause mm-hmm. I was, now I posted this on Instagram the other day, 20 years ago. If I, if I said, let's have a prom theme, that's comic-con themes, I'd get punched in the face. Um, but now that's my, my old high school, they're doing promicon and it's based off of like, it's going to be pop culture filled. I'm like, where is this shit? When I was in high oh, school. I, oh yeah. But I think I, our prom theme was, I will remember you. My, I, because I watched it last night, mine was Camelot. That's what mine was. See, that's, but even that's like way more creative. Yes. Oh, 100%. Pensbury High School, we're the, we're like, we're the high school that books have been written about. Um, like, we're one of the few high schools that do the, the prom at our high school in our gym. Um, most places go out, like yeah. in our county, in our state, even, I think we're the only one that do it. Um, wow. most places run a places I, and there's literally, I forget the name of the book, but there's literally a book written about it. And again, uh, the year that my prom was, we had a magician and like rando DJ and house band, uh, a year or two later, uh, you know, the, uh, I forget I'm terrible at music, music uh, musicians. 
um, not Dave Matthews, but everyone confuses him for Dave Matthews. Uh, he played the high school, John, something, another, I don't know. Again, terrible. Melancholy. I believe so. I believe he was like the first major person to come to our high school. And now every year it's Holy like crap. a named DJ that comes and maybe they'll score a, 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 like a, like a named band as well. So like Pensbury is much cooler now. Yes. But than- have you played this high school? <laughs> <laughs> have you played this random high all. school? Forget Madison Square Garden. <laughs> but it's, it's have you done prom? <laughs> have you done Pensbury prom? Yes. Um, but it's crazy. It, I mean, it's literally like it is families from that have no kids that go to high school gather around. They tour the school to see what the, the decorations are. I started uh, 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 campaigning the high school to allow me to do a panel there this year. Uh, yeah. Because like, if you're going to be Promicon themes, it's my 20 year anniversary or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, like I'll talk about shit. I'll talk about Spider-Man or whatever you want to talk yeah. about. Uh, it's, it's in three days or, or two days now. So I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, that's, it's, it's my dream. It's my, it's my dream, dream for the next two days. Come full circle. <laughs> to host a I panel. feel like we all want to avenge our own prom experience. We have a prom moment in our show and there's a character that we have. That's the female scientist um, that goes around during this moment, asking people about their prom experience. Um, and it is a blast to see what people say. <laughs> It is, it is again, watching those videos last night. Uh, it is something that like, I hope to, to teach my kids, like embrace high school way more than I did. Like I was the kid that was like, fuck high school. I'm not going to be so like, get the camera off me. Like I was not in the video at all. Like one time behind someone I was in the video. Um, so it is, I want my kids to embrace it a little bit more. Uh, because partially, I think that they'll have a much better time going back to the mental health thing. Now, I wasn't like beat up or anything, but I was certainly made fun of a lot for being a nerd. And like I had eczema as a kid. So I was made. F- I was called the rash as a kid. So oh like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's it's awful. It's I laugh about it now. But literally, as a teenager, I cried oh, in the shower horrible. about it. And and that's the thing I fear about social media with our kids today is that like, at least when someone called me the rash to my face, they probably saw that it hurt, and, yeah. and maybe some kids stopped doing it because of that versus like being mean to kids on social media. Like you don't know that it's actually hurting somebody else. And, and so that's same, like, thank God my kids and, and really only my son who's 10 he's just kind of started showing an interest in social media. Like he has Facebook messenger for kids so he can talk with his friends and stuff has talked about, apparently there's a TikTok for, for kids and has talked about that. Um, and has Instagram uh, also uh, like mod- fully monitored and stuff, but it is, it's a huge fear of mine. Like if they're anything like me that like, I'm not, I'm not a depressed person. Like I don't need medication. I am, but like not to the point where I need medication. Maybe I do. I don't know. But, um, but it runs in the family, like for sure. Like my son, I think will be on medication at some point. Cause I know <sighs> his heart, his heart's way too big and way too full uh, to, to, wow. I think, take any kind of meanness. And uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to his high school years. Cause I assume 
Yeah. Unless he's a jock. I mean, they, he doesn't like Star Wars, so he might be the complete opposite of me and be a jock and be in with the, the cool kids, but who knows? Um, who are the cool kids anymore, though? I don't know, because everyone even- likes Star Wars. Everyone likes Star Wars now. <laughs> and I talk about this a lot. This is getting into everything is awesome territory. But what changed for me, realizing, not for me, but what when I realized there was a change was when there was a commercial uh, with a kid asking a girl out and to the movies using a remote controlled R2D2. Yeah. Again, pointing out if I did that in ninth to 12th grade, I would be laughed at and punched in the face. Absolutely. Like no one was admitting to being a star Wars fan in the early two thousands. No. I just want to give you a heads up. I have a five before my sitter has to go. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, I wanted to wrap up anyway. I'm sorry that this went a little longer. Uh, oh, no, no, that's totally. Listen, totally. It, this has been a mission for the last 10 years, I think, trying <laughs> to get you on a podcast. Uh, definitely the last six years trying to get you on. It took six years of pandemic and a whole new show to get you interviewed. Yeah. So we've had so many kids since then. <laughs> <laughs> five between the two of us. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, it is, uh, you know, having a one-year-old when you're approaching 38 is a lot different than having a one-year-old when you're 28. It's I bet. Well, that's um, all I've experienced is kids in my later 30s. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, bless you because it is, it's, it's tiring. hard. Yeah. I it, tell everybody, everybody when they, when they're like, you know, pushing 30 or whatnot, and they're like, I don't know about kids. I'm like, have them right now. I don't even yeah. care if you like the guy. Just have them <laughs> right now. <laughs> Do not wait. And everybody's like, wait till you're in your prime and all this. Why? Why? Yeah. As a woman, you get to the prime of your career and then you have to, then you have to slow everything down because you have kids now. Yeah. And, yeah. or unless you're just one of those people that's like, I don't care full time immediately, like two weeks after postpartum, then you shove them to d- childcare, which is fine if that's your thing. But for most people, they, they want to have that, that yeah. bonding time. And I mean, it killed me going from, I went from 2017 was probably like one of my best career years. And then that like up till December, 2017, and then. January, 2018, I was pregnant, which won it ready for a kid, but I could not work because I got so sick during my pregnancy. And then I had, and then I got pregnant like very soon after giving birth and then the pandemic hit and like my career, I mean, I was able to still do things and luckily, you know, I was working for Mattel and they are a great company to work for. And I was still doing commercial work, but like in terms of just doing the stuff that really feeds my soul, like creating original work, there was just no, there was no time. I had no energy for that. Um, definitely couldn't do theater uh, with a, with newborns. So I, I always tell people like, really don't wait. There's no, there's no reason to wait. <laughs> like, right. I, and I was that guy that was like, oh, I'll have two kids when I'm in my mid thirties. And thank God, thank God. It was, I was in my late twenties when I started because I like I'm sitting here, my back's hurting because of, you know, I'm old and I, you know, probably the chair shots and stuff, but, um, and, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we got to that. Cause this, that's the kind of stuff I wanted to talk about. And we should have probably talked about that more. Um, because I think that's <laughs> important to, to like, you yeah. know, hear, you know, the struggles that writers or, or even just creative people in general, in this case, go through. Um, and, and that's kind of, again, that's the whole, 
I listen to Michael Rosenbaum's podcast and he's, he's that he gets into the, the deeper stuff. And I think that's super important and is, is it's changed the way I look at doing interviews. And, you know, I think because it's been a long time coming for this interview, it was kind of the fun goofums that I normally do, which is fine. That's okay. Uh, we'll have a part two where we just are only serious. Yeah. We're we only serious about being no. in business <laughs> right all right well uh aaron thank you so so much uh for doing this um before i let you go uh i'll put it in the show notes and, and wrap up the show with it as well but let people know where they can find you your work and whatever you want them to oh. know uh probably instagram is best for me right now oh i have a tiktok too it's at aaron stegman for both of those things um my tiktok is very weird uh <laughs> it's kind of unbranded at the moment um yeah, Instagram and TikTok. That's probably where I'm best. And you know what? I have to ask, because I'm sure people that were fans of your Oh It stuff are going to be watching this. And we briefly talked about it, but do you have plans to revisit Oh It in any kind of way? I would like to. I think especially on TikTok. Um, I, I've been wanting, I have plans. I have like plans for that channel. Uh, <laughs> I just haven't... Um, I've been very, very busy. Uh, so I haven't like made the effort to, to grow that yet, but that's definitely something I would want to revisit. And I'm still on YouTube. I haven't taken any content down really. Um, the same Aaron segment on YouTube. It's old, you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> before cameras were cameras, yep, but yep. Well, uh, you know, I, I think as much as we all want to see more of it stuff, um, I think it's great that you're pushing forward and, and doing bigger and cooler things um certainly i mean i like i said save the video store is so much my my jam so i'm so glad that well i would love to see something more from it that you've moved on to get to this point because it's just it shows what you're capable of really oh thank you yeah and i do want to i definitely miss the rock opera a lot i've been thinking about I've been per like looking like where's the next once upon a time convention because maybe it maybe i'll maybe i'll do something i don't know um I uh, yeah, yeah, that, that would be fun for 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 me at least, you know. As, yeah, as, as we'll I, have to find something, something. Yes. Uh, but I, there's there's more there. Uh, <laughs> I I wish I could talk about some things, but I can't. But um, but yeah, there's there's I'm not it's not I'm not quite done with that journey yet. <laughs> that's that's awesome, and I'll just I'll just leave it at that. It's awesome because we got to go. But let's let's have a part two sometime because yes. uh, this this yeah. was a fun conversation and uh, I feel like we we just kind of scratched the surface here. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, Kevin. Thank you for being here. Once again, thank you to Aaron for coming on the show. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. You know, we have chatted off mic um, several times. Uh, you know about different creative projects or um, different creative people that maybe need some help with podcasting and stuff. And um, that's what I really enjoy about Erin is that um, she looks out for her people. Uh, you know, I'm, we've only met once officially at New York comic con when we did the once upon a time rock opera showing and uh did the podcast afterward so for for someone who has only met me once despite the fact that we kind of have this working relationship for the better part of like god 
uh, over, I mean, eight to 10 years at this point. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's really neat that she still kind of looks out for me when she, you know, sends people my way that might need help with podcasting and whatnot. Uh, and I wish I could return the favor by being a better creative person myself, other than just sitting here and chatting, but one day, one day that will happen anyway. Um, as we said in the interview, and I may have hit this at the top of the show as well, uh, Aaron's current uh, project, Save the Video Stored, has just wrapped um, about two weeks ago, maybe a month ago by the time you're listening to this, in mid-August, Save the Video Store wrapped. It has moved locations, though, to, I believe, the under, uh, Atlanta Underground uh, area, uh, and I'll have the correct information in the show notes, but... Save the Video Store 2.0 is coming, and uh, by the time you're listening to this, I believe it's actually debuting uh, tomorrow uh, on the 15th, September 15th, I believe. Again, all the the stuff will be in the show notes. You think I'd have it in front of me, but I don't. Um, and uh, it is a spin on uh, the like late 90s, early 2000s horror um, uh, movies and stuff. So... Uh, it's, which, I mean, if save the video store was an, was a homage to the nineties, which is my favorite time period and save the video store 2.0 is an homage to the horror movies of that era, late nineties, uh, early two thousands, which has a similar vibe to the nineties. Oh my God. I didn't think that show could be any more for me. And here we are. Um, I, I, desperately wish I had the uh, the time and money to make my way down to check out that show because it's going to be amazing. So if you are in the Atlanta area, I highly, highly recommend that you go check this out because, um, you know, the, the first show got lots of great reviews, lots of great press. Uh, this show's already getting great press ahead of its release uh, or start time or how, whatever you say about a production. Um, and, uh, it's, it's going to be super cool. So, uh, once again, thank you, Aaron, for coming on and chatting with me and we'll definitely have her on again to maybe get into a little bit more, uh, of what it is to be a mom and a writer and a creative person, uh, what it is to be a woman, uh, in, in that industry, um, because they, they are subjects that we touched on, uh, at the end here and, and didn't really get fully invested in because our timer is running out. So, uh, next season we will, we will return this, uh, to this conversation. Since we last met, um, on the previous episode, I've made sure that there are places that you can go to get updates about walking with writers on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us at walk with writers. That's at walk with writers, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, I'll be using that sparingly basically to just inform you guys when a new episode drops, uh, and when maybe like a preview of what's to come. Um, if there's other content that you think is going to be valuable to you on those uh, social media accounts, please let me know and I'll do my best to accommodate that. As always, though, the best place to get all the updates um, that include Walking With Writers and everything else that I'm doing, you can follow me on Twitter at ThatNerdyKev or you can subscribe to our newsletter at starbirdmedia.substack.com. By subscribing to there, not only do you find out what's coming down the road with me and Starbird Media and all the other things that we're working on, whether it's podcasts uh, or like merchandise and, and, and stuff like that, 
Um, you will also be able to get early access to Walking With Writers. Uh, for the remainder of 2022, I will be posting episodes of this podcast uh, at least one week early, if not two weeks early uh, on that newsletter so that if you're a fan of the show, you can listen to it might be a rough cut, but you can listen to it early. Um, so thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the path we walked down with Aaron Stegman here, and we'll catch you next time right here on Walking with Writers. Consider leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the show. The ones that I happen to see that make me feel all warm and fuzzy are on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Showing love on social media or tell a friend about the show. These are all great ways to help Walking with Writers do bigger and better things. All music from the show comes from the song Rainbows by Scott Buckley. Produced by Kevin Gallagher and Mike D'Angelo and edited by Kevin Gallagher, Walking With Writers is a production of Starbird Media, LLC. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage, or about guesting on the show, you can email me at writers at starbirdmediallc.com.